Welcome to the Faith First Advisor podcast, where host and financial advisor Eric Schrum helps Christians align their faith with their finances. To explore more about everything it means to be a steward with the God has given you, visit thefaithfirstadvisor.com. If you would like to explore working with Eric to align your money and investments with your faith, visit shrumpw.com slash faith. That's S-C-H-R-U-M-P-W dot com slash faith. Welcome to the Faith First Advisor podcast. I'm your host, Eric Shrum, and today we have a really exciting guest joining us, Pastor Adam Burt. Adam has a rather unique and exciting story because he wasn't always a pastor. If you're a hockey fan, you might recognize him from the ice because Adam played 14 seasons in the NHL, starting with the Hartford Whalers, where he was drafted in the second round. Adam stayed with the Whalers as they moved to Raleigh, North Carolina to become the Carolina Hurricanes. Adam was then traded to the Flyers and played his final season in 2001 with the Atlanta Thrashers. Once retired, Adam made the obvious transition from NHL defenseman to pastor, where he has been the senior associate pastor for every nation New York City since 2003, and is currently every nation New Jersey's lead pastor. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Eric, thanks so much for, for having me. And uh, yeah, listen to that, that bio. It's a blast from the past. So uh, anyways, but always, always have a strong connection uh, down there in Carolina. No doubt. And you know, I had to take a deep breath before I read that because it's quite the, uh, quite the accomplishment in bio there. And you know, we were chatting beforehand and I didn't tell you, but my first NHL game when I was probably you know, 14 years old, my parents took me and my buddy to Philadelphia and that was my first NHL game. And somehow they moved our seats. We got upgraded to a box seat instead of wow. the regular stands. And it was good because I think there were more fights in the stands than, you know, down, down on the ice that night. And Philly, <laughs> it's a rough, uh, rough crowd. Eric, how Philadelphia uh, got the name the City of Brotherly Love is beyond me. And then when you play there, it's like they're with you all the way, uh, win or tie. <laughs> but if you lose, you better at least beat up the other team. And so that was their philosophy. But uh, but really enjoyed my time there. Oh, that's great. I love that. Uh, well, you know, our podcast is about helping our listeners be great stewards of their money and and not just their money, but their talents as well. So I want to just start off our time on the podcast by hearing your story. What was life like growing up and what was the path that your career has followed? Yeah. Um, so, so Eric, it's funny. I can, it, it's funny how my, my hockey career and, and my faith, how these, these two worlds actually collided. Mm-hmm. So I, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan and, um, and uh, so my mom and dad, they, they divorced at a real young age. I'm sure a lot of your listeners can, can resonate with that, unfortunately, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, uh, when, when my parents divorced, something uh, odd happened. My, my father got custody of us. And mm-hmm. back in that day, I had a brother and sister. And so um, back in that day, that just did, you know, that was very rare. Yeah. And, um, and so my mom, she was a, a, an agnostic and my dad was a nominal Catholic. Okay. And, um, uh, and then, uh, my, my mom just 
just was kind of like searching after that. And like many people can resonate, you know, it's like, man, when you just, your world's crumbling apart, you're like, what do you do? And so yeah. she, uh, she just, uh, on a whim went to a church and she, uh, she there, she became a, a, a Christian, wow. wanted the, the, the same for her kids, you know? And so, um, it, all, all that to say, it's just amazing to me how God can take, you know, a bad situation and turn it around for good. And, yeah. and so, uh, I, I, you know, I, who knows, like I can look back to a divorce to say, Hey, it's, it's part of the reason why I've become a pastor and, you know, wow. ministering to a number of people up here in Manhattan. But, uh, but my father and I, we always had hockey together. You know, yeah. we, I, yeah. I grew up in a hockey family and, um, and it was funny. I was, uh, Eric, just to, I, I got to tell the truth. I'm a pastor now. Right. <laughs> so, uh, is, uh, I, I was terrible, man. I was, in fact, um, the only reason I made my first hockey team was because my dad was the coach. I, I guess you can't cut your kid oh, from the funny. team, right? <laughs> and so, but uh, but my dad, he told me this. He's like, he's like, son, you just you couldn't skate. You kept falling down. He said, but uh, but one thing I noticed about you, he said, you always you always got back up. Yeah. And so uh, I think that was just kind of the the mark uh, for me as a you know as an athlete is you know wasn't a wasn't a great wasn't a natural talent, but mm -hmm. I was just going to grind and keep getting up. And, and honestly, Eric, I think that's my advice, whether it's in Christianity and business or whatever, yeah. it's whoever gets up the most wins. And, uh, um, you know, and so that's, uh, that's kind of has been, uh, my philosophy and, um, you know, God's been gracious through it all. Wow. I really want to dig into that side of it. I have, I think our listeners want to hear about that. And so we'll touch on that. But first, what, uh, how old were you when you would say you became a believer? It sounds like your mom was a big influence. How did that happen? Yeah. So, um, it, it was kind of funny. My, uh, so my mother, I, I remember the first theological question I asked my mom, probably about 10 years old, 11 years old. <laughs> yeah. My mom was agnostic and, and I asked mom, I was like, mom, what's, what's heaven like? And she said to me, she goes, I don't know, son, but you can eat whatever you want. And you'll never get fat. <laughs> so uh, that, that was the base of her, her theology at that time. But she, she had a genuine experience with Jesus, you know, um, and, and really uh, in her brokenness, like Jesus met her. And then it was funny, uh, Eric, she, she wanted the same for her children. Yeah. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I grew up going to Catholic school and, and I, um, and, and, whatnot and so I, I love I have tons of like Catholic family and what whatnot yeah. so I'm yeah. I, I, I love that so so hear me say this but but I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ yeah and so uh it was uh it, it was funny my mom invited us to a a late night they called it revival back in the day and uh they were showing a movie about the end of the world well, Eric, I'm, I'm like 11 years old, man. And so they're showing a movie about Armageddon and all this kind of stuff. And, and then they, they, you know, the pastor at the end, he gives the altar call. He says, do you want to, do you want to know Jesus or do you want to go to hell? And, but what's uh, so funny, I'm like, man, I raised my hand. I'm like, heaven, please. You know, and uh, kind of <laughs> ran to the front. But, um, but the reality though, Eric, something happened. Like, yeah. like, uh, Jesus, I, I was never the same after that. And it, it's, uh, and I know a lot of people talk about it, this personal relationship, but, yeah. but somehow, some way Jesus revealed himself to me and my life has never been the same since. Wow. You said that, um, you know, you and your dad had that 
hockey connection, at what point did you say, I mean, so many people want to make it to the pros, right? At what point was it like, wow, you know what? I think I could actually make a go at this whole pro thing. Was it early on? Or, I mean, you said that you weren't, you weren't exactly a superstar in the beginning. How did that come about? Yeah. Yeah. My, my big joke is, uh, Eric, you know how they have all these video games now, right? Where yeah. you uh, you got the NHL or they got the, you know, all the Madden NFL and whatnot. And so uh, I can still remember the first time I, 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 I was on the video game and uh, playing the video game with a, like a buddy of mine. And if you're thinking, man, that's self-absorbed. You bought the video game because you're in it. I'm like, yes, I did. How cool <laughs> is that? And uh, so we, I remember I got the game and I'm playing a, with a buddy of mine and I'm not a video game guy too much, but yeah. I noticed my character stunk. <laughs> this wasn't good. And, uh, and I remember just getting so upset. I'm like, man, I stink. You know, this game stinks. And uh, throw, the, throw the controller down. And he's like, bro, you're in the game. Yeah. Be quiet, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but my, my big joke was is it's, uh, they give you a power rating. And uh, my power rating was a 67. And so <laughs> that's kind of always my joke is, man, throughout life. But listen, I, I'm, a, I'm a 67. And if God can use a 67 like me, he can use a 67 like you, you know? And uh, awesome. so here, here's what happened is um, I know as I was playing minor hockey, I was kind of the grinder. I was just, I don't know why. Um, God just instilled in me. I was, uh, I have this achiever thing where I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to figure it out right away, but I'm going to either, I'm going to, I'm going to get it and master it or I'm going to die trying. And, yeah. um, and so just keep, begin to keep going until eventually I started passing up the guys that were more talented. Man. And then at the age of 16, I got to move away from home. I was drafted into a Canadian hockey league, okay. the Ontario hockey league. And mm-hmm. I was drafted and I moved away from home at 16 years old. So, uh, so, so get that, that firestorm, Eric, you know, being 16, moving away from home, you know, I'm a Christian, but I'm a 16 year old kid. Right. And so, um, uh, I was, uh, it was one of those things where, and I don't know if any of your listeners can resonate, but I'm trying to find, follow Jesus, but there's all these other things vying for my attention and my affection. And so I'm kind of like, Jesus, you can have most of me, but I still want to do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And so I was riding this roller coaster of faith where I'd be like, Jesus, I promise I'll never do that again. And then I would do the same thing again. This time I mean it. I'll never do it again. And oddly enough, my hockey career was mirroring, mirroring this, this roller coaster ride where I would be rated in the NHL scouting ranks to go in the first round. And then, you know, my play would drop off and I would drop down and then, you know, up and down until... Finally, Eric, I was eligible for the NHL draft, which was, um, I believe it was in 87. Okay. And uh, it was held in Joe Louis Arena, my hometown uh, in Detroit. So it was the yeah. first time that ever happened. Wow. So you can imagine, like, I mean, this is something I've lived my, my whole life for. Yeah. You know, me and my father, just kind of this, this moment is just a, kind of this crossroads where, the, you know, everything is going to just work out for me. And I was supposed to go in the first round. 12th overall the pick was by the st louis blues and uh, the general manager came to the the uh the podium and he says this he says st louis selects from the north bay centennials which was my team wow. and i was getting ready to get up and then they said keith osborne and it, it was actually a teammate of mine and uh i mean i could see the look of disappointment in my father's eyes my family's and as yeah. a young man you can realize you know you, you you can feel that yeah 
until uh, I kept getting passed over, passed over until finally I, I wasn't selected till late in the second round. And so, uh, you know, it should have been a high point in my life. But Eric, it was it was really a bottom where I felt like, you know what, I am really messing up my life. Um, and that was really where I just can't had a, a an, an opportunity. Where I said, Lord, I'm shot my own life there in Joe Louis Arena, Eric. I just basically said, God, you can have all of me. I'm, I'm all uh-huh. in with Jesus, not part time. Uh-huh. And, and uh, bro, I can honestly say that that's just been the, the greatest decision and grace upon my life. That's that's bled into every area from yeah. from marriage to career to spirit life to being a father. All these different things. Uh, it's it's when you make Jesus Lord. Yeah. Wow. And that's so cool. He took that, that disappointment and turned it into something uh, that shaped your life for, for yeah. the good. I think that's, yeah. I mean, that's such an incredible picture of the Christian life. Um, you know, so you get, you get drafted and all of a sudden the prospect of either making right off the bat or if you perform well down the line, a substantial, you know, monetary windfall you're a young guy, you're a believer, and you've just really cemented and, and committed yourself to Christ. How did you deal with that prospect of, well, there's some serious money on the line now in my life? Yeah, well, I still remember um, when I signed my first contract, I believe it was like a three-year deal. And once again, the, the money's definitely changed since then. Sure. It was like for 85 a uh, three-year deal eight, for 85 grand, 90 grand, 95 with like a $90,000 size. And uh, I did what every knucklehead kid did. I got that signing ball bonus and bought a stupid car. And, uh, <laughs> What'd you get? <laughs> it was uh, the Pontiac GTA, man, with the T-roof. And oh, Eric, yeah. I kept that thing for about three months until I got rid of it and just got a, a, a blazer. Right. Really? And, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, there you go. You can tell all your listeners now what a moron move that was. Uh, oh, that's but, funny. Um, <laughs> but I but still what remember. else? What else do you expect a young guy to do with uh, exactly? A bonus, right. Exactly. I mean, you could pretty much chalk it up to most guys are going to go do that and then be filled with regret afterwards. Was it was it a sense of regret and man, I got to get the blazer now, or was it? Did you did you actually have some regret with that purchase? Oh, I totally did because I was just like, I just, uh, I, I guess you you get kind of a picture in your head, right? You're going to be that whatever sports car, cool dude, and then you just yeah. realize, hey man, this thing stinks in the snow. I keep bottling <laughs> out. And I'm not good on a stick shift. So, uh, but, um, but I remember seeing, um, you know, getting some of those first paychecks and, uh, you know, when you're, you're 19 years old, it's like, man, you've never seen that much money in your life. And, uh, and, uh, it was, uh, it was funny. I can remember my, my first year pro is, uh, I was living in Connecticut. We were at the Hartford Whalers and I remember I had 10 grand in the bank and and for me at that time, Eric, I just thought, man, it's, you know, it's Bezos, Trump, and then Bert. You know, I just <laughs> thought I had so much money. And, um, and, and and don't mishear me for any of the listeners. I mean, praise God, you, know, you get 10 G's in the bank. That's, yeah, that's yeah. pretty amazing. But I just thought I was all that. And then I, I, there was a real estate guy who was very kind and gentle to me because I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, he basically was telling me, uh, you know, so I was thinking about buying a house or doing mm-hmm. something. And he's like... He's like, son, he says, 
come when, when you when you multiply that uh, by five, then you come and see me, all right? And then we'll talk. So it was just uh, it was pretty pretty funny to me, but but it gave me a little uh, much needed dose of uh, uh, reality and humility. Yeah, yeah. So when was it when you felt like you had matured around? I mean, really life decisions, but on that financial side of things and, and felt like you understand it. Did you have anybody in your life that came along and, and gave you advice to lead you to financial success? Yeah, was, I would, I would say this is, uh, you know, uh, my, my father was always very involved in, in that side. and was very yeah. grateful for his, his knowledge. He was, he's always a tremendous provider for our family. And um, that's something that's always stuck, you know, that's part of my DNA now as well. But um, and so I was great. You know, sometimes being a, like being a parent, there's certain things you learn from your parents, uh, what to do, but you also yeah. learn what not to do. Yeah. And so for your listeners, I mean, I, I was basically just going the flavor of the month. Okay, you need to go to this financial planner, you know, just someone you hear on your hockey team and you yeah. go to this guy, you have no idea, you know, what you're paying in fees and just doing, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of, and so, um, and so I think my, the mistake I made early on was just jumping from different financial planner to financial planner yeah. without really knowing, letting them tell me what I want rather than understanding, Hey, this is where I want to get to where I want to be yeah. and then reverse engineering your life. And so That's, if yeah. I could tell you, tell them anything, it was like, I, I wish I would have had a vision for the future sooner yeah. and then begin to work backwards from that. That's great, Adam. I mean, that is true financial planning right right there. And that's what we as financial planners try to instill in clients is you don't you can't get to where you're going if you don't know where that is, right? And so starting with those values first as believers uh, is going to be the, the main thing. And then that's going to shape kind of what we do with our money and, and where we go. That's pretty cool that uh, it's great advice. I think it's really wise. Sharing Eric, there. can I add one other thing to that too, man? Yeah, please. Is, um, you know, as uh, I think sometimes too, and uh, I'll speak predominantly to the men because I, because I am one, is uh, <laughs> sometimes guys, you just feel like you have to have this bravado and just having it all together. And, yeah. you know, you kind of fake the funk, like you, you know more than you do. And, um, but I just want to encourage guys. It's like, it's so funny. Uh, in the in the scriptures it talks about uh, jesus tells the story about when a demon gets cast out of a guy uh, will go get other men stronger than him to yeah. help him and then the condition of the individual be worse yeah but but we're like we can be moronic as men like we don't know what we're doing financially and so but we just pretend like we do yeah rather than getting that are more gifted and more skilled that could help us and guide us uh, in it Wow. Yeah, that's a great, a great lesson, Adam. We have a little fun section at the end where I'm going to, I'm going to shoot you some rapid fire questions and I'll, uh, I'll ask about some of your opponents and some of the fun hockey stuff, but uh, kind of transition us into your walking through the NHL. And then that time comes where, you know, you spend a lot of time with the whalers and the, you know, eventually the hurricanes. How did that transition start becoming the pastor side of things? Was that something you had thought of before or uh, something that kind of popped up closer to when you'd made the jump and retired? Yeah. Well, um, uh, Eric, when actually my, my time in uh, Carolina with the hurricane was very instrumental in my spiritual walk is uh, uh, my pastor and great friend is a guy by the name of Ron Lewis, who pastored uh, Kings Park International Church. Yeah. 
uh, there in Durham and, and uh, was very instrumental. And uh, he was kind of a mentor, took me under his wing. And um, I've, I've always, uh, he really helped me see just the idea of the kingdom of God, Eric, where it's this idea where it's not just, okay, you know, you become a Christian and then you just try not to swear too much until, you know, until you get to heaven, right? It's like, yeah. you know, just try and be a, a, a kind of good person. But when I started hearing the, the reality that, man, God has a plan for your life. And like, we don't have to sit on the bench or sit on the sidelines, but, but he, he wants us to play. And yeah. that's why I love hearing guys like you, Eric, like filled with the, you know, the spirit of God. And, and he sets you out to play your role on the team. Yeah. Like in every team, there's, man, there's fighters, fight, and score, right. score, yeah. playmakers, make plays, man. And so if you're good with money, man, get after it for the kingdom of God and the glory of God. And uh, so anyways, but uh, from, from Kings Park, um, I got traded uh, from Carolina to the, to the Flyers and uh, loved my time in, in Philly. And it was funny, my uh, Ron Lewis, the, the, my mentor there, he just yeah. stayed in my life. He was always calling, checking up on me and. And so he really gave me a vision for the kingdom of God. And, uh, and I thought, well, you know what I'll do is I thought I'd get into broadcasting or get into something after the game. I never really thought uh, that I'd be a pastor. I just had no vision. I remember the first time someone called me a pastor, I was like, man, it was, it was like they cursed at me or something like that. It was very, (laughs) very, very odd. And, um, but, um, but then uh, I I was forced to retire. I had uh, three back surgeries in one year. And so, was going to call it a career. And uh, I actually got involved in athletic ministry down in uh, Austin, Texas okay. for about one year. I uh, was down there working with athletes in my DNA. So, you know, kind of what we did. And so did a lot of work yeah. with like football players and that type of thing. Right. Uh, but then, you know, this is fresh off the heels of 9-11. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, the church um, uh, group that I was a part of, they actually planted a church in Manhattan after 9-11. And, and my mentor and pastor, Ron Lewis, was kind of one of the guys assigned to that church. And uh, so there I am. We're, we're literally, Eric, unpacking our new home we bought in Austin, uh, Texas. When I get the call to go up to New York and help uh, Ron pastor the church there in Manhattan. Wow. Wow. So I was like, I was like having that conversation with God, you know, I'm like, Hey God, I'll do whatever you want to do, but you're going to have to tell my wife because she's unpacking <laughs> our new home. And, uh, and, and she was great. And, um, and then we wound up going to Manhattan, which is like a, a, another story, but it was baptism by fire, becoming a, a minister of the gospel there, but um, sure. very grateful for it. Well, let's touch on that topic of your wife. Uh, I know you have a family and have been married for a while now. Uh, and as stewards, you know, stewardship is taking, making the most and being faithful with everything God's given us, not just money, but the, our talents, our time, uh, the situations we're in. And family's probably at the, t- at the top of that, that list. How did you juggle family in the NHL? As a pastor, what advice would you give to our listeners about being faithful stewards with their family and marriage? Yeah, no, it's great. So, Eric, I, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier, I'm a, I'm an achiever, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that is, a three on the end, you know, all those uh, strength <laughs> finders and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And so, I'm about go, go. So, for me, getting caught up in work and 
and just be, you know, be it NHL or in the ministry, you know, you can, you can really get caught up in what you do and uh, at the expense of your family, your children, your marriage. Um, And, uh, and I wish I could sit here and say, Hey, I always, you know, I always did it perfectly. I, I didn't, but here's what I'm grateful for is I had other men in my life to uh, basically just, uh, I've actually had people at, like a pastor shut me down and say, Hey bro, you're, you're not going to this ministry trip. You are going to stay home. And, you know, and at the time I was very aggravated by it, but now in retrospect, I'm like, man, that was just such a loving thing that someone could do, you know, like that uh, for me. Right. And um, Eric, I'll share a story. I, I think your listeners will be okay with this. Is um, Please. I, uh, uh, I, I didn't get to win a Stanley cup you know, anything like that. But, um, back in 2000, I played in the longest hockey game ever. Really? So, um, yeah, the longest hockey game ever. Wow. The game started at seven o'clock at night and it ended at three thirty in the morning. So I was with Philadelphia. We were playing in the playoffs against the Pittsburgh Penguins and, uh, it, Eric, it was epic, man. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was like, so we re- literally almost played three games so, um, so guys were dehydrated. They had them on intravenous IV. Um, at, at one point during the, it's sudden death overtime too, Eric. So it's, if they, when they score, it's over. Yeah. And uh, I got a penalty to put us down a man. And I, and I had that conversation like every God fearing Christian would do is yeah. as I'm going to the penalty box, I'm like, God, I'll give you more than a tithe if you get me out of this mess. And uh, <laughs> we've know, all been there. So, so we all have that conversation, cutting deals with Jesus, and but <laughs> God was faithful. And then uh, here's the thing: is at three thirty in the morning, Keith Primo, for our team, he came streaking down, and he he cut up um, at the tops of the circles. He let a shot go, and it hit the crossbar, Eric, of, of the goaltender's net. And there was a deafening ping yeah. that just resonated throughout the entire arena. And then the puck fell into the net. We won. We went crazy. It was amazing. But, but the reason why I share that story is, is listen, every, and your listeners got to be aware of this, man. There's coming a time when we're all going to have a, a ping, like, and it, the game's going to be over yeah. and for all of us. And so we don't know if that's tomorrow uh, when that'll be like, I have a brother in our church has just been, uh, battling stage four cancer and our heart goes out and breaks for them. But here's the reality. He might outlive me, you know? Right. And so when you start weighing, um, each and every day, it really starts putting your, uh, value system in its, in its proper perspective. Yeah. And for us, it's gotta be the Lord, your eternity. Yeah. And then it's your family after that. And then you can let work fall in somewhere underneath there. Wow. That's, that's a great wisdom. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that, Adam. Um, Let's stay on that topic. And what do you want the the church to know? You're a pastor now. Where do you see the church succeeding? And how would you like to see the church body, that is, um, be faithful in their finances? Because like you said, we have to be wise with, with planning and being, you know, investing well and, and managing our money, but at the same time, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. How do you reach out to your church and how do you want the, your body and the church body as a whole to uh, manage and, and view their finances? Yeah. Well, um, you know, as a, as a pastor, obviously I got to get um, 
you know, be rooted in the scriptures and yeah. just that, that idea of the parable, the talents, you know, that Matthew 25, where, where Jesus just tells a story of someone's getting five talents, which is just a, a sum of money. One was given two, one was one. And, but at the end of the day, there's always an accounting and a reckoning. Yeah. And, um, listen, I, I've, uh, here's, I, I have a, I, I consider it an, an advantage in that, um, I've had the opportunity of being on either side of the pulpit. And so uh, I recognized, uh, you know, playing 14 years in the NHL, uh, got to make between like nine and 10 million bucks or, you know, whatever it was. And, um, and so I recognized that God had put me in a unique position where um, I could be, uh, I could help fund things. I could help make a difference. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so for whatever reason, it was, it was very plain to me that God had positioned me in such a way to be able to do that. Right. Well, now I'm on the other side of the pulpit and there's, uh, several less zeros on the end of my paycheck <laughs> that, um, but, but I feel like I can, I can speak with authority, uh, on, on really two ideas is, is one, just this, I, I'm, I've always been a firm believer since I became a Christian is this idea of the tithe. That yeah. uh, that we give, you know, the first tenth of our our income goes to Jesus. Yeah. And uh, I had a funny story, Eric. We one guy I was playing with, and there was another Christian guy on my team with me. And and having another Christian's like like seeing a oompa loompa or a leprechaun, like it's it just <laughs> doesn't happen in hockey that much. And um, it was funny. This we were talking because we were both Christians. I was like, man, it's so cool to get another Christian. And somehow we got on the move. The the just discussing finances and he, he, uh, I go, so bro, do you tithe? He goes, he says, I used to, but I don't cause I make too much now. And I was like, I was like, well, bro, you, you know, Jesus can handle that. He can make you make less if you'd like, you know? And so it was just so funny that the kind of the, the disconnect there. Yeah. I've always been a believer that, uh, man, as we honor God, God will honor us yeah. and specifically in this time of uncertainty, you know? Um, that, uh, man, I, I just know, I, I just need Jesus on my side, uh, for that. And so that's kind of a, a big message. And, uh, as far as me, and then I do know that there's, uh, just that idea, you know, there's, there's no vision that people perish and just that idea of having a game plan for your life. Um, yeah. you know, what do you want to do? And then, uh, you know, not to be a broken record, but you got to re- reverse engineer your life, figure out what do I have to do to, to be there? And then maybe ask difficult questions too, like, um, what does it look like to live within my means? You know, right. Um, right. Yeah, and I can't even express how important it is too that, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure many of our, our listeners would, you know, it's money is a, it's, it is a marriage killer. Yeah. If uh, you and your spouse don't get on the same page and, and share the common vision, um, that's going to be a rough go. Yeah. And so, uh, um, so I just, you know, encourage your listeners in that. But man, you get on the same page and you have a goal and a vision, man, you can have a blast. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. And it, it's funny, you're talking about the, the tithe there. And I was listening to one of your sermons and you were talking about uh, how back in the day, you know, Jesus is talking to, you know, back, back in the day, <laughs> Jesus was talking to the, the Pharisees and he's like, you guys tithe all of this myrrh and spices, you know, you're doing the spice rack but you're forgetting the weightier things of the law of mercy, justice. However, these days we're more focused on causes, right? And justice and mercy. And and that's a good thing. We see that with the social unrest that these days, but you said, man, we tend to put on the back burner 
the opposite side of what those Pharisees were doing and we're not uh, tithing as much or giving as much. Is that an area that you think the body of believers in your experience could be better at? Yeah, here's, here's a, I think it's been just a, a the, the mantra that I, I'm trying to, you know, I, I, I'll just keep saying it until I die or Jesus comes back is that, that God's, God's commands, his word are not trying to take from us. Yeah. But he's, he's trying to like the, the word of God and, and rules and commands, they're rails to keep us uh, on, on the path of life, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, what I love, Eric, is uh, when people get a hold of this idea of being generous, um, that, uh, you know, the University of Notre Dame. So uh, so I'm a I'm a U of M fan. So I am. Okay. Uh, so my favorite team is whoever's playing Notre Dame. All right. So I'm the, I'm not the Notre Dame guy. So if you're a Notre Dame, listen out there, you know, God bless you in Jesus. But, um, but the university of Notre Dame, they, they wrote a book and it's called the paradox of generosity. And they did like a, you know, a three year study. And basically what they said was if, if you give a portion of your income away on every measurable between happiness, financial, uh, security, uh, uh, all these different uh, life expectancy, everything goes up. And so it's like, maybe Jesus knew what he was talking about yeah. when he, when he told us to give, uh, and it will be given to you in abundance. And so, uh, so anyways, that's why Eric, I'm just really grateful to have uh, kingdom men like you uh, involved in finances, just to help people you know, uh, on this journey because money can be confusing. And so to have somebody with a kingdom mindset yet understanding how to operate in this world is amazing. I appreciate that. Uh, I want to be respectful of our time, although, man, I could, I could hear stories from, uh, from your life for a lot longer, but we'll, uh, we'll respect your time here and we'll do a little, a little rapid fire, uh, question. The gist of this is, you know, we'll ask questions, whatever comes to mind, in a uh, maybe in a wise way, you can <laughs> not whatever comes to mind, whatever you want to share with us. Just uh, we'll do a little popcorn. We have maybe five or six questions for you. Great. So the first is uh, you got to get this all the time, Adam. But what was it like playing with the greats like Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, that kind of thing? So you defend uh, them, right. So so funny story. Uh, my, the the uh, I'm playing against Gretzky. He's, he's with the LA Kings at the time. I'm in Hartford. I'm a rookie. And so I've always watched Gretzky on TV and all that kind of stuff. Well, a five on five fight breaks out, Eric, where, so when when that means everyone pairs up and gets somebody, (laughs) I have Wayne Gretzky. And so Eric, here's what you don't know. He's super small. He's not big at all. And so I actually pushed him away and I was like, Wayne, get away. I don't want you. You're too small. You know, I I wanted to go fight a bigger guy. And, uh, and then Wayne Gretzky, he grabbed me and he says, no, no, come here, kid. He goes, we'll just stand here together. And then I thought about, I'm like, I'm standing with Wayne Gretzky. And I'm like, Hey man, will you sign my stick after the game? You know, (laughs) (laughs) that is a great story. And he was as good as people said, right? Oh man. He was such a great, uh, so great on the ice, but what an amazing ambassador for the game of hockey just uh, carries himself with such class and, uh, Really, really an amazing individual. That's cool. I mean, you see Ovechkin these days. I don't think he would have uh, 
taking you as gently on the uh, on the flight. Oh, oh no, I know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Eric, funny little stat. So I'm. Uh, um, if you, I guess you, they have these websites where you can that tells you like fighting and all this. Yeah. So the website said I had 95 fights in my career. Um, it said I won five of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I was willing, but not very good at it. That's awesome. That's a great stat. Keep that one. So let's, uh, I'll give some, maybe some practical advice for two sets of people. Cause you know, our, our listeners and a lot of people who I speak to fall into these categories. So the first is what advice would you give someone who's achieved financial freedom? Maybe they've worked, um, you know, their whole life and saved up in their 401k. Like most people are now retired and comfortably living the lifestyle they want to, or maybe they're, you know, a little bit younger and, and have done well for themselves. What advice would you give them about how they viewed their, their finances and money? Well, if I'm, if I'm understanding uh, the question, right, Eric, I, I know, I think what I would, I would tell people is um, I give them an opportunity to really make a difference uh, in the world. Yeah. And to, um, it's funny, like you get a guy like, uh, like I'm the New York Jets chaplain. So the evil empire is the New England Patriots, right? And, <laughs> Tom terrific. You know, I'm so glad Brady's gone now, but, but Tom Brady here, uh, Eric, you get this guy who's, uh, you know, I can't remember. He's worth like, uh, 137 million. Wow. And then he's married to a supermodel yeah. like, and she's worth more than him, 326 million, something like that. Yeah. So he's the trophy wife. I joke, you know, <laughs> but he's, he's won. I don't know how many Super Bowls, MVPs. And then he was posed the question, Tom, why are you still so driven? And his, his answer was, well, surely there must be more. Yeah. And so I think we can see this guy. I can't even imagine how you could have as a man, like what else could you do? And yet there's still this emptiness inside. So I would just encourage people, man, to what area can you push your life in mm. to, to really make a difference in the world? And I think it's, it's in that, that there'll be that depth of like soul satisfaction. Yeah, that's great. Let's examine the other side and what advice would you give? I mean, you were once in this position to an ambitious young person who kind of has the future Lord willing ahead of them, uh, but they're ambitious about their career, about succeeding. What would you advice would you give them about their finances or, or stewardship? Um, I guess um, I, I'm, you know, Jesus calls us to it as well. Like, um, I would find somebody uh, winning uh, in the area that you want to win and get around that person. Mm. Uh, or if you see, like I said, like see somebody winning in finances, winning in their marriage, winning and do whatever it takes to get around that individual and treat them to coffee, buy them a dinner, but to, to get around people that are doing what uh, you hope to do mm. and uh, just be humble enough to know that, man, you, you don't know it all. And, yeah. and in a wealth and in a number of counselors, there's wisdom, you know? Yeah. And so uh, that would be, uh, I think really prime and get around uh, uh, some gray head guys like me, like uh, gray heads. <laughs> the scripture says there's wisdom there and yeah. people that have uh, uh, bled a little bit. There's a lot of wisdom there uh, as well. Yeah. That's great advice. A little more lighthearted here. I think actually the best, this is the best question to actually get to know someone. And that is you're on a road trip and you stop at the gas station or like a mini mart. What are you picking up? 
oh man, I'm a, That's I'm a, a I'm a protein bar then. So I'll just uh, get a protein bar. Your listeners are going to hate me. I'm, <laughs> I, I usually eat, eat pretty clean and, and whatnot. So I'm going to either get a coffee is my vice. So okay. coffee or in a protein bar and I'm good to go. Love it. Love it. All right. Last question, Adam, and thank you so much for, for taking the time with us. Um, but we always like to end and say, what has God been teaching you lately? Maybe today, maybe, uh, over a period of time, but what's God have you learning in this season of life? Yeah, I, I think the, the two things that come to mind is, um, you know, my life verse has kind of been uh, Colossians 3 is just kind of like, whatever you do, do it heartily as for the Lord and, and not yeah. to men and yeah. not as unto men. And so, you know, whatever you're doing in life, you know, whether you're, you know, a father, a mother, um, you know, you're, as an employee, whatever you're doing to, to pour your heart, soul, and mind in it to the glory of God, you know, and then we just leave the results with him. So, yeah. so that is, uh, that's been, you know, kind of my life verse. And then right now, I really think that the Lord is, is really teaching me um, really just kind of, we, we've been on this series on love, you know, yeah. and just, um, man, just now more than ever, we just really uh, like love is other oriented. You know, where you have your, your mind on the other person. Yeah. And um, man, in our divisive kind of world right now, bro, we just, uh, it sounds gushy and mooey, uh, a gooey like love, but man, love is, is ferocious and it's, yeah. it's difficult and it's hard, but man, it, uh, love always wins. It just always wins. And yeah. so, uh, so that's kind of where I'm at and, and really pushing our church to and, and man, praying for our nation. That's great. And I'll say, as we wrap up, I'll give a plug to Pastor Adam, because if you need something to listen to on the car to work or at home making breakfast, which is what I do, throw on Every Nation New Jersey's podcast, because there you've been talking so much about the coronavirus and faith over fear, but in a way that's so you know gospel-driven and uh, life-giving. And that's what I felt when I was listening to, to the messages at Every Nation New Jersey, really just life-giving. So I'll say to our listeners, go check out that podcast. It's been uh, really good as, just as I've been listening these past few weeks. Awesome, Eric. Thanks for the plug, bro. And keep up the great work. The content provided is for general information educational purposes only and should not be considered a recommendation of any particular strategy, investment product, or investing advice of any kind. Content is not intended to be and should not be construed as legal or tax advice and or legal opinion. Please consult a financial professional for your specific situation. Investing involves risk, including the loss of the entire principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views and opinions expressed here are of the author and do not necessarily reflect the opinion of Spire Wealth Management, LLC, and its affiliates. Investment advisory services offered through Spire Wealth Management, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Securities offered through an affiliate Spire Securities, LLC, a registered broker, dealer, and member of FINRA, and SIPC.